I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Open up, open up, and let the funk flow in from this nigga named Jay and his newfound friend. I'm hitting switches like Eric on the solo creep. For your Jeep, it's the B-R-A-T. Putting the dip in your hip from right to left, it's so ghetto west, bitch, I'm so, so deaf. Hey, welcome to the Blackout Test Podcast. Your host, Rod and Karen. And we are in the house during football. Uh, yes, sir. A lot of fantasy football games being decided at this moment. Yes, it is. I mean, not many for me because I happen to start Nick Foles in a couple of leagues. And, and um, he was balling. Yeah, uh, I called it. You know, it happens. Peyton Manning was out. I said, you know what? Maybe I should just get someone else to throw seven touchdowns, you know, just to take and, it easy And on he them. delivered. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're not by ourselves, guys. We have a guest here. Yes, we do. Um, uh, he's been on the show before. Uh, you may also know him from when I talked to him on Medium Talk. Mm-hmm. Um, you might also, you know, listen to his podcast, Righteous Prick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my man, J.L. Covan. What's up, man? How are you? Thank you for having me again. Appreciate no, it. No problem, problem, man. We're glad you could do the show, man. Me too. Anytime. Um, and I understand right now you got uh, a lot of stuff going on. Um, first things first, uh, what late, what movies have you seen lately? Cause that's, that's one of the things I like to hear from you. Oh, okay. Um, I saw, I saw you saw it today and I saw it on Thursday, Ender's Game. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ender's Game, which ended in Ender's Draw and, uh, <laughs> in Ender's Overtime. Yeah. I saw that. Which which will which will end with Ender gets no franchise because yeah. he didn't make a lot of money. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes you leave a movie and you go, I kind of hope this didn't make any money. You know, and not not as, not uh, nothing against the the people in the movie personally, but like I, I'm good. You know, it looked confusing. The preview did. I was like, I don't know what this is about. It looks very confusing. It looks like it. it I guess I hadn't seen it, so from my perspective, it looked like it's about this little boy who could do something spectacular that can't nobody else do, and they try to get him to do something spectacular. He finally figures it out that he can do whatever it is that he needs to do, and it's just very confusing to me. I, w- I wish that's what it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> more entertaining. Instead, it was just Harrison Ford going, Ender, Ender, <laughs> I can help. Ender is our key. He can do it, Ender. He's doing the same voice he did. Jackie Robinson, I need the man who's not afraid to not fight back. Is that too many negatives? I wish I was Han Solo again. Ender. I was kind of waiting for him to slip up and call Ender Jackie at some point. I thought it was going to happen. Like, Jackie, goddammit. I mean, wait a minute. What movie is this? Yeah, he's just kind of settled into that Nick Nolte role where he's just going to grumble for the rest of his career. Yeah. Um. I, I did. I did feel like uh, Viola Davis was uh, underutilized, um, and I really felt bad for her because she always brings like she always like does a good job in every movie she's in, yep. and treats it so seriously. And <laughs> I, I felt like, um, well, I know you liked Elysium, but I, I felt like the same way about her that um i felt about uh the lady that was in Elysium, where it's like, man, you are too good for these other actors right. at this point. I bet you I'm thinking Viola Davis might actually be good if somebody gave her a comedy role. The same way Andre Brower, I think, is funny on Brooklyn Nine-Nine because he's he's perfect playing the straight guy. Mm-hmm. Ironically, because he plays a gay character. But you know what I mean? The straight man comedically. 
And I feel like sometimes the best actors can do great comedy if they if they get a chance. But she yeah. didn't cry in this one, I don't think. Which nah, is good. she didn't. Um, but yeah, kind of like Alec Baldwin does. But um, yeah, right. yeah, she didn't cry, but she just brings like such like uh, professionalism to her oh, roles. Yeah. And then um, also, I felt bad for her because her hair and makeup was way too good for this movie. I was like, <laughs> this is a, you, you know, this is outstanding hair and makeup. Uh, for yeah. a black actress, yeah. uh, in a movie of this, of this caliber, and it was wasted. Like, I, I'm sorry that your role was wasted, man. Oh, do, do you guys think that, um, Harrison Ford is the black Morgan Freeman where he just sat in that <laughs> role and he gonna play that role today he died, no matter what he does? They're like, fuck it. You, you play this like, so good. We he's not gonna new to you. it, I think. Like, he's, yeah. he's figuring out if he can do it forever. Morgan Freeman's been doing it for like a decade and a half. True. Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford has just accepted that he's old. So now yeah. I think he's he's getting into that role. Yeah, and Harrison doesn't do narration, which right. it separates Morgan from everybody because it like it's rare that I even see a movie with Morgan Freeman in it where he doesn't do some form of narration. That's true. Now at some point, I feel like writers once they find out he's cast, they go back and rewrite narration <laughs> for, for him. Morgan Freeman to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what else you see, man? Um, what else did I see? Now, the big one that's, that a lot of people were jumping on me for was The Counselor, mm. which I really liked. And, I, and even if you didn't like it as much as I did, I don't understand why the critics were like, this is a piece of shit. This is a terrible <laughs> movie. Like, that I don't understand. Like, because I can understand, oh, you didn't like, you didn't like uh, it as much as I did. Or you thought it was a C. I thought it was an A. Mm-hmm. But when I'm at an A and you're telling me it's an F, I'm like, we're not on the same planet. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go, I think I'm gonna see it tomorrow, um, as long as my movie pass will let me. Movie pass did some bullshit where they did an update where you now mandatory have to wait 24 hours to see a movie. So if I see a movie at like one o'clock today and I want to see a movie tomorrow that starts at like say 1230, I, I can't see that movie. So you should um, take like a Vine video or something of you waiting for the clock. (laughs) <laughs> for those six seconds and like sprinting to the ticket booth <laughs> right <laughs> like I, all i missed was the trailers but uh yeah so i but i want to see the counselor because it's so controversial man i know you yeah, like it a lot of my friend don't. chris like extremely hates, hates it. it and uh he sees a, a, a lot of movies wait chris chris who chris uh from the insanity check, check podcast oh, uh not chris not lambert not to be confused with uh, Revel- Chris Revelation Lambert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he was too busy uh, seeing uh, About Time or something like that. <laughs> uh, but no, nah, I, I want to see it now because uh, also uh, I love Michael Fassbender. So oh, yeah. did you does- know he was in Three Hundred? What? What? He's one of the main. I just watched Three Hundred the other day, mm-hmm. and he's one of the main dudes. Like he's like one of Gerard Butler's. Ma- like he has a lot of lines in that movie. And I looked and I go, that dude's familiar. And it was it was Fastbender. Oh, I gotta oh, watch it again. Me now. too, because I didn't remember. Mom yeah, that. that must have been before he was like Michael Fastbender. It it's, it's always funny whenever you see people who who seem like great actors. It's like. At some point, they needed to work. <laughs> yeah. So it's like this guy who's like this chiseled, like serious, you know, want, Daniel Day Lewis wannabe kind of level actor is like just flexing his abs, stabbing <laughs> like CGI characters. You, the funniest part about that is at some point that was in his reel, you know? 
Oh yeah. Like when he's like, yeah, you know, I, I really want to play, uh, I think I can bring a lot of depth to the character of Magneto. And they're like, yeah, well, what are you, uh, what are you, what have you been doing? And it's like, well, I stabbed a bunch of dudes in this movie one time. So right. I was great at it, but uh, I think I can cry on screen. Uh, so let's do both. Um, so, uh, yeah, what else, man? Like Captain Phillips, you check that out? That's, for me, that's, that's my favorite. I mean, favorite is a, you know, I don't mean like I, I, I want to see it again and, mm. you know, celebrate, but that to me is the best movie of the year. Wow. Mm. I saw 12 Years a Slave and that's great, but for whatever, just Captain Phillips, I just, I really thought was just sort of perfect. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, you haven't steered me wrong yet, man. I didn't think I would like Rush. And uh, I did like it a lot. Um, it's a really good sports movie because I liked how it was like you kind of root for, for for Hemsworth. But as the movie goes on, you're kind of like nobody's really a good or bad guy. They're just different dudes and they each have their own sort of path. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. You learn to begrudgingly kind of respect um, both of them. But yeah. um, by the end, I actually kind of I like the the rat dude. Like I was actually kind of like, OK, all right, I see where you're coming from. You, you, this is not a game to you. And he was tested a lot more, obviously, without giving away the right. movie. Um, and a friend of mine, a comedian friend of mine, actually, he wrote a funny thing because I guess the quote reminded him of, of me when Nikki, that character, said, <laughs> what did he say? happiness uh is the enemy is, is, the, is the enemy yes <laughs> like oh. yes that is my comedy motto <laughs> and then and then uh his wife walks over she's like if happiness is the enemy that you've already lost like right oh yeah and he, he was so it's kind of those split those kind of like do you have fun and and enjoy what you have or do you strive to succeed and be and be great and sacrifice some of that happiness it was a very like easy but well done way to kind of look at life through yeah the, through these two different drivers yeah he, I don't he, like race race car crap or, or anything like mm-hmm. that's what i told people i was like you don't need to be into that at all to enjoy the movie yeah it's really not that type of type of movie um but uh also like uh he was like i like that he was so serious and stuff and he was kind of an introvert also um but the moments like they don't really sugarcoat anything that he is an asshole and uh i was actually really surprised at the end of the movie when they kind of reveal like it's his story like he's kind of the guy telling his story right because you're like really you really were unflinching about yourself i would expect someone to be way more like yeah Yeah. i mean you know hey that guy that guy was a jerk and i was the man i don't know what why everybody was being a dick to me i'm the guy but it's kind of like the way as it's it's what was, what was great about it though, is as the audience grows a different appreciation for each guy, you see them getting it for each other as well. Mm-hmm. And you know when they find out one of the characters like you know dies young, not in the movie but like in the epilogue, yeah, it added just this like oh man, yeah, like, like <laughs> oh that's it was it kind of felt tender to begin with. Now I'm just downright sad. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um. Now, what about TV shows, man? What What are you watching on TV that you're enjoying, man? Anything? Um. Well, we we chat sometimes about Eastbound and Down. Oh, uh, so good. That's right. It's show, and it's back. I really feel like that show is back mm-hmm. because season one to me was amazing. Me too. It was just perfect. Season two, I liked and kind of chalked up. Well, it's not going to be as good as season one, so that's okay because season one you can't replicate. Mm-hmm. But season three, I thought was pretty bad. 
And season four, it seems like they kind of recharged and said, let's get as close to, to season one as we can. Yeah, this, um, this even to me so far, not to jinx it, I, I like this even more than season one so far mm-hmm. because they are really pushing the envelope right to like, hey, um, you can't do this anywhere but HBO. And I like when shows, uh, I like when shows utilize that as opposed yeah. to trying to play it safe. There's, there's no other channel you can get away with this shit yeah, on. Yeah, you're like, y'all on HBO, do your thing. You have, you, you're able to do things that you can't do on network television. Take advantage of it. Yep. Well, uh, I think the guy ahead. who plays Stevie Janowski, I just think they have to give him some kind of nomination because that guy will do anything for a laugh. Uh, that guy and uh, Walter Goggins, I think is his name. Oh, yeah, from uh, The Shield and, and Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, those two motherfuckers have never seen a part. They were like, I can't make that work. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was like, I would just read the script and be like, come on, man, you can't be fucking serious, man. Okay, well, I know black people. I'm not going to be able to, like, go around them and shit after they, this comes out. And it's just like, nope, you make it work. Right, because Goggins just plays any, he, he plays like a dude with giant fake breasts. <laughs> on on sons of anarchy but he just has played all kinds of racists for fx like fx goes we've got a rate call goggins i heard i know what you're about to say racist call wall goggins on the phone that's yeah they have like a red phone in their casting office where when a racist part comes in it's it dials right to his cell phone dude when i first saw him in django i was like that dude is gonna do something horrendously racist in a few minutes <laughs> no one else in the audience is prepared for whatever the fuck his He's role about to is because that's all he does is shit that no one else will do yeah oh but my then, god on the comedy scale stevie janowski i mean in if you look at what he's done in season three he shaved his eyebrows and head mm-hmm. in season two there was that opening scene of the second episode where he's banging the prostitute and just looks <laughs> terrible and he's like yeah, call me daddy. <laughs> and then, and then this season, I, when he's yelling at Kenny in front of a live audience, "You my nigga, Kenny." Yes, ridiculous. And there's no, and and then he's calling like George Washington or something a faggot. Yep. Like he's out of control. And pardon my language, I'm just re- you know repeating nah, what he said. I don't care. But unbelievable. Like the, I think the guy. I I don't even know. I feel like he's the kind of actor who could do something else, and yet I don't know what the hell he's going to do after this show. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's either uh, unhirable, or, <laughs> or he gets all the roles he wants after this. I can't tell which, though, because, you know, I don't know if this this is going to carry around with him forever. People are like, I don't know, dude. You said a lot of shit that uh, is not supposed to be said on TV, and uh, no actor would play these parts. Um, speaking of 12 years of slave, man, what'd you think about that? Cause I, you know, I know a lot of people are kind of interested. It's getting, uh, some pretty, really good reviews. Some mm-hmm. people are saying like best movie of all time and shit yeah. like this. Um, I'm a little scared to watch it cause it seems really, really slavey. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's, w- I think it's, it's, it's an excellent movie. Um, I mean what they, and I know this will sound juvenile, but you know, you see people getting lashings. And you start to go, oh, I read in a book where they'd say they would give a hundred lashes to somebody. You watch this movie and go, fucking eight lashes looks like I'd tap out. (laughs) (laughs) 
how do you get to a hundred? Mm-hmm. I know I'm making light of it, but it, it is. Yeah. It's one of those movies that, you know, thanks to makeup and all that, they can graphically show how humiliating. And there's scenes where you just see how, like, mundane it is to just have black people getting strung up and people just kind of walk by on their business. Like, and I'm talking right. slaves and, and white people because it was just such a brutal culture. And they hammer that home, but it's not like the movie never gets preachy. Mm-hmm. Which is good because it's just like here it is. Like I don't yeah. need to preach about how horrible this is or the rights of man or we're all equal. Here it is. It's disgusting. It's brutal. Get it out of the textbook and see. You know, get it into people's minds and and memories. Mm-hmm. That said, there are a couple of moments where just but this is nitpicking because it is a great movie. Right. Where I was just like, okay, that kind of seemed a little excessively articulate for a slave Mm. or a little bit too much of a speech that the screenwriter wrote in. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, but beyond that, it's, it is a great movie. Um, you know, the end is very powerful. The acting is, is almost entirely really good. But the only thing I'd say, as far as thinking Oscars, I just had no, not one moment of Captain Phillips. Did I go, have a like have any complaints or criticisms even small ones so it's almost wow. like i feel like if this were a sports analogy you would say captain phillips won the game mm. 12 years a slave didn't lose the game okay all right both, both great all right well i definitely want to see captain phillips because i mean i feel like that's the payback for 12 years a slave it's like <laughs> makes sense to me it's like oh and the dude the, the lead somalian guy the lead somalian pirate mm-hmm guaranteed oscar nomination for best supporting actor wow like he might even win and i know he's a no name but when you see that movie it is a very nuanced like performance like it's a very very good performance and i go tom hanks i think is gonna win the actor like and it's gonna literally be i think i tweeted this joke but i was like they're going to start calling him Larry Bird because I think when you look at the nominations, it's going to be him and a bunch of black guys, and he's going to end up. <laughs> Is he going to come to a, in a warm-up jacket and accept his award? <laughs> Rip his suit off? No, he's just going to take it in his shoot-around. <laughs> um, yeah. You've got, you've got um, Forrest Whitaker from The Butler. you got Michael B. Jordan, Chris Lambert's boy mm-hmm. from uh, from, from uh, Fruitvale Station. Fruitvale, yep. So you've got a lot of like breakout now, Forrest Whitaker's not a breakout, but, like, you've yeah. got a lot of big performances from black actors in kind of important movies. Yep. But then Tom Hanks is just going to, you know, pull up from three and just walk off the court with his, with his <laughs> finger in the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see this, man, because uh, black people are going to be more outraged than ever on Twitter. <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to be on Twitter that night. I wasn't even planning on watching this shit, but now... If it's nothing but black people and Tom Hanks, I'm watching the fuck out of some Oscars and live tweets. I tell you, Hanks is so good and so likable that you'll have kind of like, I can't believe Hanks won. Hashtag, he really is good though. (laughs) (laughs) I I just want to, I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite. He's a racist, but Tom Hanks is cool. (laughs) Yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be opposite. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna be like, man, that was racist. Is anybody else was that racist to you? I'm like the, I'm like the racist fire starter. I'm like, here you go. But um yeah man that's that's crazy dude I I'm, I kind of want to see um uh the counselor and um uh Captain Phillips now um uh, because of that also I want to see how a movie could possibly make me root for 
like three shield helicarriers against five Somali pirates. Like I want to see ah. what that like what builds me up to that moment where I'm actually like, oh yeah, now the might of the U.S. military is descending upon these poor fishermen that have resorted to piracy because we have overfished the waters of their coast. But Let's what I'm go. telling you is when you watch that movie. I didn't feel, and I don't think you're supposed to feel, you're supposed to feel, I think everybody's supposed to kind of feel helpless in the face of, like, the Navy SEALs. Like, mm. you start to just feel like, man, this is hopeless for everybody, and you don't really feel like, nobody is kind of like, yeah, we got them, and it's not made that way. Uh, okay. It's sort of like tragedy meets tragedy meets sniper rifle. <laughs> <laughs> meets brain. <laughs> um uh, all right man well um what else you got going on here man because i saw um um you know i keep track with you on facebook and twitter and stuff and um mm-hmm. i saw you know you wrote a post about starting a uh like a, a, a fundraising campaign so yes. that you could do like a video series so can you kind of explain right. exactly yes what's going on and uh, i'll put a link in the chat for where people can go to actually uh donate absolutely um it is uh what it is is I made a, a video and I actually I'm gonna I'm cutting a link for it to put in the chat because I forgot to send it to you. Mm-hmm. But I made a video in April, which has started kind of started the next wave of my a renaissance of my comedy career, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was called Louis C.K. Tells the Classics, and it was me doing a Louis C.K. impression, and it went viral in like overnight, and and you know in the first ten days it got like two hundred thousand hits. And since then, like the videos I've been making have been getting a lot more traffic. And so I thought I had this idea and I wrote, I started sketching out ideas for it this summer uh, to make a web series, like a short three episode web series where Louis C.K. played by me would be running a fictional school for young comedians. (laughs) Um, And there will be a small tribute to the X-Men in it, which I don't want to reveal because it is going to get one of the biggest laughs in the, in the thing. But imagine, you know, instead of Charles Xavier, you have Louis C. Cavier. Okay. Um, (laughs) Oh, wow. And, and also for the, for the record, man, you do a pretty good Louis C. K. Man. uh, Can you do a little bit for, for us, man? Well, I, so obviously I don't look anything like him, but you know, it's you do. Oh, he does in the makeup, people. For the right, like, go. Uh, you should already be his friend, but yeah, if not, it, and I put it in the chat. Okay, yeah. I, all right, let me put it on screen. Um, if you're not his friend, go be his friend on um on Facebook because his his picture is the makeup for uh Louis C K. Um, so yeah, you you definitely want to see it. By the way, it is hilarious. But it's, you know, he has this kind of stunted, like, I'm finding the words kind of a delivery. Like, I'm, you know, so I'm going to the store on, like, Saturday with my kids. And they're saying, like, Daddy, we want ice cream. And I'm like, I I can't be around ice cream. Like, your dad's fat. And I hate you for trying to, like, Aww. shove this shit in my face when I'm trying to lose weight. <laughs> like, it's bullshit. And I hate my kids. And- <laughs> So what the video is because you know because I do other impressions it's basically Louis CK as the dean of this school with a bunch of aspiring comedians as students but then I'll be playing George Lopez, Dane Cook, 
Gary Goleman, who's a lesser known comedian, but is extremely funny. And that's sort of, you know, for the comedy community. Mm. And here's the controversial one. J.B. Smoove. As oh. I joke, I may have to have a picture of me and my dad and a disclaimer that says, <laughs> half black and doing an impression, not blackface. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, Tom Cruise, I mean, not Tom Cruise, um, my man, uh, Downey Jr. Downey Jr. did some good blackface, and nobody had a big issue with it. Uh, Because they were, and the thing with that movie that I think most people got was that it was obviously a the character was doing, like in other words, it wasn't him doing blackface. It was a character within the movie, sort of doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, And similarly, like when Frank Caliendo does um, Charles Barkley in like makeup. Nobody calls it blackface because, A, they have good makeup to make him look like it. Right. It's not some sort of caricature. They're trying to make him look like Charles Barkley, not like some sort of crass stereotype. Mm-hmm. And he does a good impression. So when I do the J.B. Smoove impression and the makeup lady who did Louis C.K. is doing all the makeup for this, I am hopeful and fairly confident that it will just come off as a great, uh, a great impression. Well, also, like I think, also, like you said, it's the uh, uh, how good the impression is too, man. Now, I have not heard you do all the impressions of of the people you name, man. Can you do some of those guys, like real quick? I'll give you the George Lopez. That's the only one I'm gonna. And then I have somebody else on the video actually doing an Anthony Jeselnik. That one I'm not doing, but he does a phenomenal one, and it really is. But George Lopez is, you know, you first, you know what I think about white people. You know, they name their sons stupid stuff like Cooper and Kyle and Todd. Latino parents don't do that. We name our kids strong Latino names because then you can shout at them and smack them. And then he ran, and then I spit out a random Spanish phrase. Look about how you are. Hey, that, that, is, that is George, man. That's how I feel whenever I watch his stand-up is... I would, uh, like the thing with uh George Lopez stand up teaching Latin studies at the comedy academy. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with George Lopez stand up is I always feel like I would think it was funnier if I was Latino. And well, I I think that's how I should feel. On a on a semi serious comedy note, one of the things I've always said is um there are, you know, there are black comedians who speak largely to the black community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are black comedians who don't do anything sort of black or urban. Mm-hmm. But then you have comics like Chris Rock who, or Chappelle or somebody who can speak of experiences and to that audience, but there is a crossover appeal. They're not pandering, but it's, it's just the talent crosses over. Right. In the Latin comedy community, as far as I can see, there are Latin comics who are successful, but they're not sort of relaying the Latin experience. Mm-hmm. But the Latin comics who do the Latin experience have no fucking crossover. Right. George Lopez is a huge star, and I watch his shit, and I go, I don't speak Spanish, so I already lost 24% of your routine. Mm-hmm. And then you're just, you're kind of doing like white pe. It's like, I joked in one of my videos, the Scared Straight video, I said, you want to be a hot Latin comic? Well, then you need to start talking about shit black people were making jokes about in 1984. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> white people, white people do this. Latino parents don't. 
it does feel like that man uh, and, cross colors and stuff yeah and but and that's the thing though like it's not like black people uh like we have our slang and we have our stuff but mm-hmm. it's kind of like uh i don't know that we could do uh in every bit with just like something that no one understands but black people i feel like it would be co-opted at some point sure and it's also it's kind of for better or worse the you know, black cultural influence on America is huge, mm-hmm. whereas the Latin cultural influence is not as it's not as big Yeah. in terms of like the pop culture, like black people are largely the trendsetters in a lot of ways, whereas like Latin, there was like a Latin wave in the 90s, but that wasn't like from the ground up that didn't like change entertainment. Or set entertainment trends. It was more like a fad. Yeah. Now, also, um, <clears throat> the people can go to the to Indiegogo dot com, um, and yes. this projects is Comedy Academy. Yes, that's the name of it. All right. And um, now, for other people that haven't watched it, he also did a Scare Straight YouTube video, <laughs> which is hilarious. Which is part of like why I'm really excited about this uh, this project, man, because. I feel like combining that with the, you know, the impressions of some comedy greats there uh, is going to make it even better. Yeah, I'm hoping. And obviously, since it's, you know, Indiegogo's, you know, a lot of people are familiar with Kickstarter. Indiegogo's the same same premise. But what I did was I made, uh, you know, there's lots of giveaways for donations. So if people out there are fans of mine, you know, an example is they can get I can send them all four of my albums digitally for 30 bucks and then obviously that goes towards all the production costs but if you were to buy the albums on iTunes it'd be basically 40 bucks so you can get my comedy for cheaper and help me with the with the campaign so there's my shameless pitch do it people um, yes support yeah i know y'all hear him out here you think he's funny um mm-hmm. i heard you with Keith and the girl man that shit was hilarious yes. that was awesome <laughs> yes i looked i was like Oh yes, I gotta listen to this. Yeah, I actually felt I was like, we got a good get before keeping the girl. I, I was like, like that too. That was I was the black like, guy who tips bump. Yes, right the bump is real, y'all. Mm-hmm. Like I it, won't forget who gave me my first chance. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, man. I, you know, we've had uh, people go on to become millionaires after being on the show, mm-hmm. man. So uh, if Anthony Morrow can do it, I feel like JL Covan can do, do it, it too. Man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right, probably not, but but sure. Hey man, believe in yourself. I we do. believe in you. Yeah. Thank you. We support you. Yeah, man. Uh Bomani Jones called that early. I know when I see it, man. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh this is the Blackout Tips and the official weapon of the show is The Taser. An unofficial sport. Is Bullet Ball. And Bullet Ball Extreme. Mm-hmm. Um and uh let's just get right into articles cuz we have a ton of shit to talk about and uh we've been talking already so let's just hurry up and through some of these. Hey, did you guys know Kanye West is co-opting the Confederate flag? Mm-mm. I did not. Yeah, he's wearing it on his jacket, his clothes, at his concerts. Um, he's uh, uh he's bringing it back, y'all. <laughs> all the way back to them beatings. Uh, it's not about race relations or the relics' true meaning. It's not about whether a group can co-opt a pejorative of which they've historically been the butt and make it make its own. Much like the gay community did with queer or African Americans did with the N word. No, the conversation is about West and that flag. The rapper thrust himself into the spotlight yet again. 
with news that several pieces of merchandise from the Yeezus tour are emblazoned with the controversial Southern Cross at his tour store in Los Angeles. A replica of the flag is affixed to the wall with red tape and adorned with the words, I ain't coming down. (laughs) I don't even know, like, my thing with Kanye is I don't know if he's extremely smart when it comes to stuff like this or just extremely subversive or just dumb and just don't care like i don't even know which one this is because a little bit of everything he's not gonna explain it Mm-mm. i know that much like this is the kind of shit kanye does and then when you ask him about it he goes on a rant about some other shit for five minutes and mm-hmm. you're like i don't even know if we got that answer yeah. i yeah i think he uh i think it's a combination of a little he's he's obviously i think relatively intelligent but i think his ego is bigger than everything Mm-hmm. So I think in his mind, he thinks I'm going to be the one who takes this and changes the meaning of a you, Kanye. You can't be bigger than the Civil War. Like somebody, <laughs> tells, I know you think you can, but you can't. So don't try. <laughs> and somebody posted Sparger or Sparger posted, mm-hmm. and I agree. It said white hipsters will be wearing that crap. Right. And yep. That's what will happen. He'll kind of give a pass to make it a thing. And that, you know, it's the same thing as Chappelle quitting comedy. He quit because he felt like too many white people were laughing at black people. Right. Not with him. And it'll be the same thing. You'll have like, hey, man, you know, it's Kanye does it. That's how I roll. Yeah. uh, He says here uh, on a radio interview, the Confederate flag represented slavery in a way. That's (laughs) in a way. That's my abstract take on what I know about it. Right. So I wrote the song New Slaves. So I took the Confederate flag and made it my flag. It's my flag now. Now what you going to do? Oh, so he just going to say, fuck Confederate. It is the Jesus flag. He also said it's colorless. Also, it's super hood and super white boy approved at the same time. <laughs> well, it is super white boy approved. I, that part I agree with. Yeah, I don't think anyone would debate Oof. that. Um, but yeah, man. So that's what he's doing. Um, all I, right. I think there is something to the, to the, I heard somebody say this, but they're, and I don't like to give the Kardashians too much credit, mm-hmm. but apparently they really can turn <laughs> powerful men crazy. Like they obviously <laughs> are gifted women. Uh, yeah, man. There's, there's something out of Shakespeare, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the, well you know like uh on a de- everybody into othellos <laughs> on, a, on a deeper level which i don't even think kanye is trying to say but it kind of does remind me of the co-opting of the n-word in black culture and how like we'll say it and be like it's cool but then some people that are like fans of things have taken the license to say it too because it's like well you put it in your songs i'm a fan of your songs so you know if i'm going to the concert when you say uh, I ain't saying she a gold digger. She ain't messing with no broke niggas. I'm gonna say it too because you know it's part of the song, and I'm you know, and you kind of giving me license to run with it. Um, it kind of feels like uh, he's taking something that has such a like bad negative racial history and just being like, uh, I'm gonna make this cool. The only problem being that if you ask him about it, he's like, that's not what I'm doing. So it's like, I don't know, Kanye. What do you want me to say? And here's here's the other thing about that is that there was nobody in like 1840, no black man in 1840 who said, you know what, I'm gonna be the one that makes nigga ours. Right. No guy <laughs> bold enough to just decide this is me, my calling. That's where Kanye's retarded because he's saying 
I'm the guy who the history books will say, remember that one guy who changed everything when he decided the Confederate flag was for him? Yeah. Where were it's, you? It's ridiculous. Where were you the day that Kanye brought it back? Yep. And that was the other thing with 12 Years a Slave. I wrote on my review online and somebody commented on it. You watch that movie and you won't feel like the N-word is an empowerment or taking it back because you'll see it in its original context and go, man, we shouldn't just say that anymore. I don't know if we should take that back. I feel like we should bury it. Yeah. Karen got says it more than Cat Williams says it in a special. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, um, I remember people got mad because Django had a lot of N-words in it, and um, I was like, um, I was okay with it because uh, all those white people died. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, there's nothing wrong with it. What's what the problem? I actually like Django. The idea of Django is was way more appealing to me than 12 Years a Slave. Me too. Like, sure. just the fantasy revenge of... A slave getting back at some people. You were gonna say you said you called you said something about my name. What you gonna say about me? Oh, I was gonna say Karen. Didn't, you got told that uh, you were a black person that was afraid to face your history because you won't go see Twelve Years a Slave. I sure was. <laughs> so I was like, I'm good. I was looking at what Karen's t- timeline. She was like, I, I don't want to see it, mm-hmm. and uh, a bunch of other people were like, Nope, I don't want to see it either. And uh, they all got accused of being black people who can't own up to facing their history. So. Uh, it's, it's been, it's already a very controversial, uh, movie. It, it is, and, and, and to, to, uh, piggyback off of kind of the conversation we had yesterday, mm-hmm. this boils down to why are people shocked that he's a narcissist? Because it, this whole thing is still all about him. Right. Mm-hmm. So quit getting shot, quit getting surprised, quit making your blood pressure go up, quit posting shit on Facebook and Twitter talking about, he's crazy, y'all, look at him, he's still talking about himself. And he will forever continue to talk about himself. Speaking of people talking about racial things, taking it too far. Mm-hmm. Have y'all been hearing about this story uh, about uh, Jonathan Martin, uh, who is a um, who, who's a, a player who plays for um, Miami, the Dolphins? Yeah, I, I was home for lunch and I was sitting and normally you got ESPN, ESPN was on, could probably use watch TV before you left. And it was like, breaking news. I was like, I was like, breaking news? What kind of breaking news is this? And the breaking news come out. It was like, yeah, we gonna let y'all know that, uh, the Dolphins eventually had to push him out the door indefinitely because come to find out. Push what, who out the door? Uh, that, that dude, like, he's not getting paid no, no more. Not Jonathan Martin. Oh. Okay, I'll explain the story. Okay. Yeah. I'm confused then. <laughs> yeah, you just. Just I like, just I just heard that the dude was making racial slurs. So yeah, I, I, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna just bring up the name and then go and that's it, guys. Oh my bad. Gonna, I was gonna explain what happened. <laughs> um, but uh, Jonathan Martin is a player who uh, apparently felt that things had gone too far with like some hazing and some. Uh, I, and I I hate to use this term, but it feels oh, like it applies here. But bullying. Yeah. Which, I, God damn it, man. 2013 really went out the deep end with bullying. Yes, it did. You can't do shit, shit. now. Yeah. It was really like, hey, man, a guy, uh, 
a guy asked for his change back from a waiter it's like he bullied that waiter it's like god damn man yeah everything can't be bullying sometimes but you got to get a backbone in this case like what they do and and people have known about this and it's kind of been one of those boys club type things um where nfl rookies get hazed they have to do things like pay for meals for the other players on the team the the veteran players um you know wash people's clothes and laundry and you know do shit like that you know they wake you up at certain times of the day they'll uh there's been stories where they've like duct tape rookies to the uh field goal post or something like that you know um and it's supposed to be playful like harmless stuff Mm -hmm. but uh to me, I've always felt like that shit had a real potential for going too far. Yeah, because I'm like this. Uh, I understand uh, football culture, but you know what? This is a motherfucking working environment in the workplace. We, you know, new people come at my job. We don't have a hazing process. We go, hey, newbie, why don't you come over here and work these reports? Hey, we know you new. Why don't you come over here and take the whole department out for dinner? No, you would get fucking stabbed in a real working environment. So what makes what makes them think this is okay? These are grown ass people. I think it's because sports is a little closer to a military culture. It's not the military, but it's just a little bit more of that. It's a little, it's closer to that culture than it is. TPS reports and mm. office space. Although now I do want to see Karen's version of the NFL if it was in the office. <laughs> that would be epic. Like I now am uh, very excited about this idea of making someone like uh, pay for everyone's meal and taping them to like a cubicle and shit in front of everybody. <laughs> taping it to the vending machine. <laughs> right. <laughs> do my laundry, motherfucker. But um, so yeah, um, apparently he was being hazed or whatever. Um, and it's like week nine i thought this shit ends in like fucking week one i yeah, didn't know I, I thought it was just preseason shit i thought yeah. once the season started all oh, that shit ended yeah on hard knocks it just kind of dissolves at the end of it it's like hey rookie now you're on the team and that's the end you know you get a bad haircut and yeah do a bad rap in front of the team and that's it yeah you dress up in a halloween costume or something weird and that's it well um apparently this got out of control because Richie Incognito, who's like uh, one of the first round draft picks uh, for the Dolphins, uh, a lineman also, um, he was like calling Martin and leaving voicemails and stuff. Um, he like, uh, I guess he the, when it first came out, they were trying to say like, oh, Martin left the team because he was being hazed. He was had to sit by himself in the lunchroom and then he just said, fuck it. And people were like, what a bitch, huh? And I and I was like, I'm not going to say anything. Like, I heard about this story last week. All I said was there's more here, yeah, obviously, than meets the eye. Because he's a big ass motherfucker that gets hit for a living. That's right. I have a hard time, time believing be- that somebody was able to be like, I'm not sitting with you. And he was like, God damn it, guys, I quit. Like, it had to no. be more. Um, the blackbarbershop.net suggested uh, he had quote-unquote personal issues, which is NFL code for blank. And I'm wondering, I, is, I assume he's suggesting that he's gay? Right, right. I've, I've heard uh, people the say NFL that. NFL does not want that. Like, I'm not saying they don't want a, a gay player. They don't want that controversy because they've already got concussions. They don't need to be the homophobic league. Right, yeah. Well, um, in this... At these times... In this case, man, um, which is my favorite part of this, by the way, is Richie Young Incognito did like the rumors start leaking that he's kind of the guy that Martin is saying, hey, this guy is the one who kind of made me leave. 
I don't want to file a complaint because I feel like this guy could really harm me. He's threatened my family and stuff. So I'm just leaving it, leaving it alone. And so Richie Incognito goes on Twitter and he's just like, you know, uh, Adam Schefter, you need to issue an apology. This is slander. ESPN, all these other news outlets, you don't know what you're talking about. I will be vindicated. The truth will come out. So today, Adam Schefter was like, he went on, and you never, listen, guys, for anyone that does fantasy football, Mm -hmm. you never want to question Adam Schefter's integrity because he knows something. Yeah. Like this motherfucker will come on Twitter at like 3 a.m. on a Sunday and be like, uh, Randy Moss isn't playing today. And you're like, he wasn't even on the injury report. And then you get to like one o'clock and they're like, Randy Moss is a game time decision. Looks like he won't be playing. You're like, how did you know? Mm-hmm. It's like Adrian Wojnarowski for the uh, NBA. Yes. You the just guy, go. Everybody in the NBA just follows his tweets. Right. You just go, mm, he probably, like, Wojo can, Woj can actually tweet shit that's wrong and I don't care. Like, he'll be like, uh, LeBron James doesn't like Dwayne Wade. And I'm like, he probably right. I don't know. They seem like they get along, but fuck it. He won't say they don't. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I, I, I turned it to ESPN like noon and Adam Schefter's on ESPN, which, uh, you know, it's kind of rare for him to like, cause he's so, he grinds so hard. You mostly only see him on Twitter or something like that. He's like doing a one-on-one interview and they were like, He's like, yeah, I got uh, some voicemails from Richie Incognito. I've heard them. Um, And uh, in the voicemails, apparently calls Jonathan Martin, who's a biracial dude, a half nigger. Oh. uh, Threatens to go slap his mom. Um, So is that a half a racial slur? (laughs) Yeah, you get half credit for that. I just feel like after yesterday, Riley Cooper's like, thank you, Jesus. They won't be talking about me anymore. Oh, thank God. At least I got my job back. I'm no longer the most racist motherfucker in the NFL. Can can we send this dude to racism rehab also for two days and he can get back to his job? But, um, yeah, I... It's so serious. Um, the Dolphins have actually, um, suspended Richie, uh, incognito. Indefinitely. Indefinitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, and all that means is, motherfucker, you are not coming back and you might as well be prepared to be banned from the NFL. Well, I don't know because I feel like, um, Riley Cooper was banned indefinitely and he came back in like 48 hours. So yeah, we, but- indefinitely just means they don't know what the fuck to do. Yeah. What they do know is this dude is radioactive at this moment. That's true. And you need to distance yourself from him. And I, I, and, and for me, the, both situations are horrendous, but I think, uh, with this situation, they were saying it's coming out now, like other people are coming out and saying, yeah, it happened to me. I have stuff too. So I think as people begin to investigate and things like that, it's going to be, hey, uh, do we, as an organization, how much are we willing to deal with, and is this something that we can PR clean? Well, mm-hmm. I, I saw the brief stuff I saw today on ESPN this evening was, I think, listing like a bunch of things Incognito has done, and I, this isn't like he's not, I think, a class act. Whereas Riley Cooper, to his credit or whatever, had a lot of teammates backing him up and saying it was like out of out mm-hmm. of form. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that I think, and this isn't excusing the language, obviously, but if what's and I know, trust me, you're talking to somebody who hears a lot of shit yeah. that that e- even you guys don't hear. I get to hear it, like I say on the CD, because I look Italian, so I get to hear all the unfiltered white <laughs> thoughts, right? 
Um, but there is something different between a guy who's just kind of saying it matter-of-factly, like that's how he lives, mm-hmm. and another guy being drunk and pissed off in like a fight and saying it. Mm-hmm. Because as Chris Rock, I think, once said, he says, what are you going to say if you're mad at somebody? You're going to say the most hurtful kind of things you can think of. That's not excusing it. Right. And those are special words. But there's a world of difference between being, I'm trying to hurt you because you're hurting me and I'm pissed and I'm drunk and this, and then just kind of thinking like, De- you know, my everyday thought process is he's a half nigger. Right. Also, yeah. what I don't get though is like, can you really suspend this dude when one of your teams is the Washington Redskins? Feels hypocritical to me. That's true. It's like, hey, you don't call them niggers now. If you want to get traded to the Redskins, let us know. Uh, <laughs> work something out, get a discount or something. Uh, here's the text from one of the voicemail is, Hey, what's up? You have nigger piece of shit. I saw you on Twitter. You've been training 10 weeks. I want to shit in your fucking mouth. I'm going to slap your fucking mouth. I'm going to slap your mother across the face laughing. Fuck you. You're still a rookie. I'll kill you. So there you go. Oh, I thought those were fans writing to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I didn't. Whoa. For a second, I was like, who is that? I need to favorite and retweet that. It does end with uh, Louis C.K. is a genius. And how dare you? (laughs) Uh, But but the thing that's funny to me about this is um, like if it was rookie hazing, like when you start to think like this is too far. Yes. You know, and if you knew you left these voicemails for someone, how the fuck do you go on Twitter like, take it back, motherfuckers? Like, (laughs) like they won't just go play the voicemail like, this is you, right? Because he never thought that they would do that. Like, it's one of the things where, uh, when you build a culture of people doing this and people not reporting and almost like, this is a bro, we keep it in house. That you was like, well, yeah, I did. I know I did this shit, but nobody's ever gonna come out and play this shit because you know we a team, we boys. You know nobody's gonna out me, and that's when people get in trouble when they think that they are above the law. It looks like people. <laughs> here's how you know that he gotta be saying racist shit on the field when they show the incidents involving him. It's all incidents where black people are hitting him. Oh snap! <laughs> like it's not even. It's not even like. And then he did this. It's like. Antonio Smith was suspended for a week for swinging his helmet at Incognito during the game. Richard Seymour got fined $30,000 for punching Incognito during the game. Oh. Like, he yeah, must, he, right. he must be saying some shit. They was like, you know what? I'm tired of you, motherfucker. This was the list. This was the stuff I was seeing, uh, earlier today. Yeah. Uh, maybe the Tea Party will make a movie about him next year called 12 Years a Lineman. About <laughs> his, his struggles as a lonely white man around intimidating black people. Uh, yeah. the, my favorite, uh, thing too is that um i remember when the riley cooper thing came out mm-hmm. there were two nfl teammates in detroit the, for the lions who were like you know we're black i'm black and he's white and we make jokes using racial epithets all the time it's like we're brothers it's fine we don't have any issues with that and i'm wondering like if they saw this and like hey man let's never talk about that shit again because uh, I didn't know that that's workplace harassment and can easily get someone to lose their fucking job. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the situation is completely different is that things are coming out to show that it's a pattern. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Roddy Cooper is like, okay, this is a one-time thing. Yeah, it's on video, but we haven't heard anything else for this dude. You like, okay, fuck swinging caps at you. I mean, helmets at you, punching you in the face, 
okay, you can't get along with people. This is an issue, and this makes our league look bad. And you know how Roger Goodell is about. Don't be making the league look bad. Right. Unless you're a Redskins owner. Um, but all right, True. So, Unless you're a Redskins owner. Yeah, so that dude is an asshole. Um, so there you go. Uh, did you guys know there's a uh, gay rights bill that is being passed in Congress uh, or trying to be passed in Congress right now? The uh, workplace discrimination? Mm-hmm. Can't be yeah. discriminating against gay people, y'all. I thought that was already a law. I thought it was sleep, no. creed, sex, religion, and all that. But sex just means male or female, not gay. Right, sexual orientation is the thing, and it's been controversial for a while because what it basically what basically you have is anybody liberal is obviously for it, and then you have sensible people on the right who are for it, but then you have the people who deal with the religious right and don't want the slippery slope mm-hmm. to you know, and then they start spreading things like this means that your son's first grade teacher can you know Mr. Jones can come to teach an address. And it means, you know, like, so they start spreading kind of nonsensical examples. But it seems like a, a, a non, you know, a, a non-issue, but apparently it is. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I Yeah, it was one of those things, too. I had the, first, the same thought as you can. Where I was like, isn't this already a yeah, thing? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I, mean, uh, I thought you'd go to HR and sue and all that shit. I, I thought sex means sex. Male, female, male, they turn to a female, female turn to a male. Like, I thought that covered it. It's sex. Nah, apparently um, it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I, I, cause, cause you can argue, I guess, legally that, well, I fired this dude not because he's a dude, but because he's a dude that likes dudes. So that's not really his sex. I'm firing him for his sexual, like, preference what, or what, orientation. What, oh, and so you well, have to, you just, have to add it to the law to to protect it specifically, cause I thought sexual orientation was in it, or is your, um, a lot of companies have it in their policies, um, like you know, for their personal for that corporation but yes i don't know that that is a uh, law a federal everywhere. law i see what you say like like companies might have it in their guidelines and bylaws but it's not like a federal law that says you right. can't do this right that makes sense okay i'm with you now because i'm like most companies i work for will be like look you can't be doing that bullshit yeah my my real question is for everybody that was talking all that shit about feminists last week um and then they were like you should just approach it and say we're all human and that's it um this is how you have to get shit done. If oh. someone is in a discriminated against group, you have to, that's how our system is. You have to bring forth the rights of that group to discuss it. You can't just be going up to Congress talking like a fucking hippie about some, everybody's a human and we're all the same. Like you got to go up there and be like, why the fuck y'all think you can just fire gay people for no reason and hey, shit? That's the truth. That's how it works. Welcome Although, to the- one of the things I often think about seriously is with an issue like this, like let's say, because it, it would be uh, sexual orientation and including, like, transgender people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you have – let's go back to Shane uh, Walton Goggins from, uh, from, from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. If you run a business, like a customer service business or some sort of sales business, and you have this employee who, dis- who who's, says to you, okay, I'm – I, I'm actually, you know, a man, a woman trapped in a man's body, and I'm going through, you know, I'm, I dress now. I've decided to dress as a woman. How do you deal with that? Like, because mm-hmm. even if you're open and tolerant, your custom, your your customer base may not be open and tolerant. And all of a sudden, you have a man dressed as a woman at your front desk or something, and people are like, "We're just going to go to the store, you know, the good Christian store down the street." And I'm even. 
I'm not saying I wouldn't go to the store, but obviously it would be it would be stranger. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, hey, what happened to Jim? <laughs> like, I mean, obviously, like in the history when these things have come up, um, it's been things that we now would look at as silly. Like if we made the same thing where it's like, yeah, uh, this person has hired a black person to work at the desk and now nobody wants to shop there. We'd be like, well, right. that's fucking racist and stupid. Um, and we can't let those people win, kind of. And that's how I kind of feel about stuff like this is uh we can't let as a society we can't let people like that win i agree but the i think the other problem with it is that you know when it comes to black people or or people of an ethnic or religious minority you still usually have a large block mm-hmm. whereas like if it's transgendered people that's a small you know that's a pretty small group when compared to like you know, an ethnic group or something. Well, black people are only 13% and then like, you know, transgender, let's say they're only like, say 1%, right? They're, they're still like the moral principles of it. Sure. The, like that covers more than just like, well, it's, it's only this group. It's kind of like who out, like who outside of this group cares about this stuff. And I think that's where you like, you know, when you have Congress, uh, you know, getting 66 votes or whatever it is, I feel like that's enough to be like, oh, six, yeah, they got more than the 60 votes or whatever to, um, to get it. 55 members of the Democratic majority, uh, voted for it. So I guess five Republicans had some common sense. I mean, it's going to be 50 50 for a while. I, it's one of those moments where you just, I think things are bigger than just the now and we'll look back on this and sure. be like, of course, you know what I mean? Like that's how I feel about a lot of this stuff where it's like, yeah, right now, I mean, that's what America does. We push shit forward when it's controversial. And then, you know, a hundred years from now, we go, wait a minute. What? Why, why did anyone have a problem with a black man marrying a white woman? What the fuck is so? You know, well, I, I do, but that's just my parents. Right. <laughs> <laughs> very rough, very rough marriage. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I, I think, I think that's how this will be. And I hope, at least I, that's my hope, man. But who knows? This shit will probably go to, like the Senate and then the motherfuckers would be like, uh, maybe if I can get a bridge in Montana, I, I'll vote for some gay people. Like, of course. Um, you worked in a law firm for a while. I did. Uh, well, I worked in government for three and a half years and then a law firm for a year and a half. All right. Well, have you heard about the Clifford Chance Guide to Women Speaking in Public? No. Although I had, I had some friends who worked at Clifford Chance. Well, female lawyers at the global law giant Clifford Chance have spoken out after receiving a patronizing memo advising them not to giggle or show cleavage when making presentations. The memo entitled Speak Effectively was circulated by a member of the British company's Not effectively. (laughs) Yes. You know how y'all women don't speak clearly. I think I'll be writing about this for my uh, law, my comedian law page tomorrow. All right, I'll send you the link. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> you know how y'all women got them breasts and them hormones going on? <laughs> the the piece called Bitches Be Speaking uh was uh <laughs> uh called speaking effectively. Um it was sent to like everybody, but um it's circulated by a member of the British Company's Women's Committee to a number of its female lawyers based in the US. While many of the hundred and fifty pieces of advice are, you know, very general, like breathe, stand up straight, not controversial at all, I don't think. Breathe, I hope you do breathe. Uh some of the lawyers who received the memo are understood to have been infuriated by his gender specific recommendations. 
in the section marked what not to wear. High flying female lawyers are reminded not to wear a suit to, I mean, to wear a suit, not your party outfit. You know how the, the female lawyers always be forgetting and shit. Oh, so the, so if you represent the client, you mean tell me you come in there like you just left for the club. What lawyer does this? That's the worst. When you have like, when you're like, if you're like, you're have a case or whatever, like you're, you, you, you're sitting in court and you wait for your lawyer to show up and she forgets to like go home and change it to her suit. She shows up in the stuff she wore to the club the last day. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I think, I think that's probably. Sar- not sarcasm, but just sort of because I've seen I, I think the standard is sort of, you know, your skirt should go to your knee. But I think if you walk around Manhattan enough, mm-hmm. you'll see that, pe- you know, women are taking sort of like the, the thing with men is a suit is a suit. Mm-hmm. So there's no like, hey, stop wearing that like bulge enhancing suit. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have like, there's no like, please stop wearing, you know, hugging your package or like getting a chubby and showing it through your pants for men, really. Ah, right. Whereas women do. I mean, there's plenty of women that dress. I don't want to say. I don't want to say provocatively, like call it sluts, but for business attire. Mm-hmm. And and this is as somebody who finds business attire women to be the most. Like I find that to be the most attractive look. Mm-hmm. So any, I'll, I'm very attuned to a skirt that goes a little too high or a, a blouse that's a little too open in the workplace maybe that's why i'm not working at a firm anymore because yeah. i'm <laughs> staring at the wrong place yeah i like uh women that wear like a uniform because it means you know they got a job for sure yeah um and that means if they got a job there's something they can do for you you know even if it's walmart you might get a free nintendo wii out of that shit you never know um but uh the, the thing is though uh it is kind of condescend- condescending and patronizing. Yes, it is. Cause you to fu- think somebody like made it to this far and doesn't know the difference between like wearing a suit or a party outfit to court. You yeah. know what I mean? Like well, it what seems. If, what if they've had one? What if they've even had one case of it and they don't want to single the person out? Because I this to me any outrage over this unless there's like some really shocking mm-hmm. stuff. It sounds like people looking to be outraged, like looking to be offended by mm-hmm. this list, because would you agree that like you said, one of the items was like, don't show too much cleavage. Mm-hmm. Well, that's only going to be a concern for women. It's not going to be like men, please don't wear your sleeveless dress shirts. If you have guns. Yeah. But in re- for the record, if men had cleavage, we would use it to our yes. advantage to get what we could. <laughs> ah, like, I feel ah. like, I feel like if anything, this Sadly, is like, I do have cleavage, but in my case, it's, it's you hide it. Like, right. <laughs> actually, when men get cleavage, it's the opposite. Right. In our society. Like, but if we had, much, if we had, if we had showable cleavage, <laughs> we would rock that shit so that we would get advantage in court. I'd be approaching the bench all the time. Yeah. Trying <laughs> to, like, I don't even understand why as a law firm, you would be against that. I'd be like, fuck yes. Uh, whatever you takes to fucking win. Um, well, sometimes there's female judges. I know it's shocking, but occasionally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You never know what they're into. Um, and yeah, might the, be a fetish. You don't like, know. This is why I got this job to look down women's shirts all day. Um, but nah, seriously though, um, it just seems like one of the, uh, it, it kind of reminds me of, um, when I was, uh, intern and I would work at, I worked at, you know, a, a pretty big company 
in uh shipping logistics and stuff like that um and we would have like the dudes that for casual friday would dress up in like some purple carl canai jeans and shit <laughs> and you just like come really the purple carl canai jeans dude that's that's what you came out the house with but it didn't really affect anything and it wasn't and a it letter didn't really about, hurt anybody about and so there was never a memo outrage. about like hey niggas stop wearing fucking carl canai to work because everybody just kind of understood like yeah that the guy will call Kanai on a Friday. It'll be fine. And, 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 and I think, I think and, this, and those were dudes. And I feel like the same thing kind of applies, uh, for, for women in this case where it's like, especially the, the wording of it with the yes. not your party outfit. It, it really is. They might as well say not your whoring uniform. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and that's, that's the thing about it is, it's one of those things where whenever you, especially in the business world, whenever you write things like this, you there's way of wording things and phrasing things without being condescending without picking a one group over another group uh because like you right just say when the dude when the dude wears a pair of pants is too tight and showing his balls you're not gonna get that letter but like hey dudes don't be wearing the ball pants to work but what if i'm i'm suggesting i honestly think if if you know mm-hmm. michael fassbender wore tight suits to his law firm every day with no drawers. Mm-hmm. Somebody <laughs> would say a bullet point in that memo, like, and to the gentleman, please, we don't <laughs> need to see your package at the meeting. I honestly think that's what would happen. They mm. just wouldn't single him out, but I think they, they would, would say that. But you, but we've all worked with people that dress fucked up. Mm-hmm. Men sure. and women. Yes. Like that, men shit just don't make it into the memo. That's all. Like, uh, well, they also have, don't wear jewelry you can wear understated jewelry nothing jingly or clanky um they have don't take your purse up to the podium that's um, definitely yeah. a number but a woman yeah like is are these things i don't know like i don't know man it just seems like the kind of shit that i wonder if they're happening and they do this or if it's just someone got kind of snarky with the the thing. It could be a combination. Like a couple of them might have happened, and then they were like, "You know what? I can't single the one person out, so I'm just going to be a dick and start yeah. writing a bunch of things that are sexist sounding." <laughs> Here's my <laughs> favorite part about shit like this, though, because I've been in companies where people violate the dress code. Um, the motherfuckers don't give a fuck. Mm-mm. It doesn't matter what you write in there. The people that do Breaking these the things rules. never go. Oh, what? Y'all talking about me? Like, you know what they do? They take that piece of paper and throw it in. They ain't talking about me. Yeah, I knew throw a, that shit in the trash can. I knew a lady that had uh, silver hair and not like she was old. Like she painted it silver. Oh, wow. And she would wear the, the craziest fucking outfits to work. And they'd send out a memo and she would be like, I'm not doing that shit. And, they'd, and she'd still have a job. Nobody did anything. So I, I feel like uh kind of the same thing. Like if people are doing, if they're egregiously violating your dress code, um, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be fucked up, um, no would, matter what. I would like to see the dude to read the papers, but like Jim, Jim, I think they're talking about you. Female speakers are also urged to stick to demure clothing, with the author of the memo noting that no one heard Hillary the day she showed her cleavage. What? Yeah. An apparent reference to the former U.S. Secretary of State and wife of Bill Clinton. What you mean no one heard her? Apparently she showed her cleavage at some point and no one could pay attention. 
uh, does you know how men are so attracted to Hillary Clinton that we can't take our eyes off her cleavage? Yeah, uh, does that mean her titties was talking and her mouth went moving? <laughs> I don't understand this. What you mean you didn't hear her? Uh, make sure you can stand in your heels, which I think they should send out to the WNBA draft, not this. Um, and whoever wrote the note seems particularly concerned about the pitch of women's voices. Twice insisting your voice is higher than you can hear. <laughs> Motherfucker, what? See, now this is my problem. I feel like you set me up. Because mm-hmm. have I, had I known all these things ahead of time, I would not have been so quick to defend the list. Yeah, so you jumped in early. Ridiculous ones after I've already tried to de- defend some of you, the other ones. Yeah, you <laughs> jumped in early. You did the same thing Karen did with that incognito article. You just like, let me tell you something. It's like, I got more to read. I wouldn't have brought this to the table. <laughs> if, if it the was shit that was clean one, and dry. If it was one sentence, I'd be like, well, yeah, that shit happens. But. That, the last one is please be be circumcised women before coming to the office. Yes, don't. Like, well, now I can't defend it. Yeah, you know, you know what they say. Please hang your uterus up in the corner before you walk into I the f- workplace. I feel like when all the female lawyers had a problem with this, the the guy was like, "Wait, you on your period?" Like, just, uh, <laughs> uh, your your fans are uh, are posting about a shooting at a New Jersey mall right now. Oh, really? Uh, wow. Let's just hope there are good guys with guns. I think that's what the NRA teaches us. Yeah, someone stop the uh, guns. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be just like LAX, and uh, some random person will stop it. Um, uh, but yeah, so um, the other thing they say is uh, talk when thinking about your voice. Uh, readers should think Lauren Bacall, not Marilyn Monroe, in reference to the former's famous, famous, former's famously husky tones. Women are also to advise not to giggle or squirm or tilt their head. And um, You know who wrote this list? I'm going to tell you right now. A, an older male partner who is in a tough marriage but is trying to stay faithful. Because that is the dude who will be the most pissed at a hot chick. Like, put your titties away, god damn it. I can't do nothing with them. Yeah, I I feel like it's an older female associate who's just scared of the up and coming talent. Be. She's she's like, no one's making partner under my watch. You put those goddamn titties up, ah! everyone's gonna see your dirty pillows. Um, so yeah, women are very upset about this. Yes, which and they kind of makes sense. Yeah, and it, it it would be one thing if they kept it. I want to say gender neutral, but you could point out these things without being so. Hey, ladies, bitches over there, don't be doing this bullshit up in here. Put your whore clothes away. Don't put your titties out. Don't come in here uh, when, you know, if, if you're going to wear heels, take heel wearing classes. What? Because I'm a black person, I always think of, like, how would this be, like, if, if it was offensive to me? And it would be some shit like, don't come in here with your pants sagging, no fitted caps. Yeah, be women, but no, like, don't come in here with your nappy hair. Don't be wearing right. no braids, no like blowouts. If, like, if that shit was in the in the things i'd be like i think this is about me i don't do any of these things at work but still i feel kind of like condescended to that you think i would motherfucker that's fucked up well that's half of like bars in manhattan have the like (laughs) sign that says no timberland and it gets very specific no timberland boots Mm -hmm. no saggy jeans no no thick hair no (laughs) no nikes (laughs) no thick hair yeah it's it's very they're all like that's fine for a bouncer but right. not to get inside. <laughs> we keep our bounces on the outside of the building. <laughs> yeah. They don't know what the club really looks like. Um, 
all right so uh we gotta play some games and then we get out of here guys um yeah. been having some fun but the first game as always is of course fucking with black people and let me get my volume back We're just fucking with them black people. We're just fucking with them blacks. We're just fucking with fucking with black people. All right, today's contestant on fucking with black people is Church's Chicken. Oh, not the Church's Chicken. I love Church's Chicken. It's, it's the the most greasiest, unhealthiest shit you could ever eat, but it's delicious. Those genetically modified chickens. Are, oh, them biscuits are off the chain now. It makes no like. The beginning of Flintstones has more realistic meat proportions than the fucking size of Church's chicken legs. Like that's that box will weigh your car down. You have to put Church's chicken in the trunk. Yeah, because <laughs> it's nothing but steroids and like parts. I've never of had Church's chicken. Yeah, man. I uh, I'm, I'm surprised, man. Like I I feel like maybe they must not have them up in New York or something. Yeah, no, and I feel like on the road, I feel like I've seen them, but I've never been to one. But I've never seen them up, uh, up by me. They're never in good, good locations. Places, uh, they are, they're like honestly, in the ghetto. yeah, honestly, like if you're put up in a hotel and there's a church chicken across the street, it's probably like Run. a you're right. It's like a La Quinta Inn. It's probably on Martin Luther King Street. Like fuck That's, that shit. In New York, in New York, it's a funny, it's a joke I've told where I go, you know, your neighborhood's getting good when gay people start moving in and you know it's getting bad when they build a kennedy fried chicken <laughs> right <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah you know what and neither and 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 both of them are probably are chains but they ain't like your kfc's you know right. what i'm saying and stuff like that it's one of them and it's called churches so it's like mm, <laughs> pretty sure black folks is attached to that one well apparently church's chicken is offering a big family meal now Okay. Uh, to bring comfort and joy and a one of a kind custom designed full size basketballs for all the B ball players ah! on your holiday gifts list. <laughs> mm-hmm. Eight pieces of juicy chicken on the inside, crunchy on the outside, original or spicier spicy chicken or eight tender strips, large mashed potatoes and three corn. And by the way, this, they gotta be the only church chicken place that sells like literally just corn. Like it's mm-hmm. not even off the cob. It's, it's, I mean, it's on the cob. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and fried okra. You don't get, you don't get that too many places. <laughs> yeah. Um, the problem is you might get robbed on the way out, but. Oh yeah. Just eat inside so you at least keep. Yeah, bring exact change. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they, and I guarantee you most of them don't take debit cards. So you're going to have to do cash only. <laughs> right. And they never have drive-thrus. Oh no! Oh, the you, fuck is wrong with Church's Chicken, no, man? Everybody walking up in this bitch. Just bars on the window and shit, like people are trying to escape. It's like trying to keep you in. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it's ten ninety nine to be available through December twenty ninth, two thousand thirteen. Um, so if you want a slam dunk this this Christmas for you, for people that <laughs> happen to love chicken and basketball, don't know who they would be. Mm-mm. Oh, wait, somebody just in the chat room said Mallard Reynolds said it was combined with White Castle. Yes, I have seen. I have seen those combos. Oh, just never ventured inside. 
I don't like White Castle, so yeah, me that wasn't a good add-on for me. You don't want to attach <laughs> yourself to White Castle in my. I, I never. I don't get White Castle. I have. I don't think I ever had White. It's Castle. like, look, it's little burgers. I'm like, so everybody I, I know who loves White Castle. It's the kind of thing where they liked it. You know, they were taken there as a kid, and they mm. just kind of still have the attachment. I, no adult just starts going to White Castle and goes, <laughs> "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah." You have to have like a childhood like love of it to go, oh, White Castle. Because I, I went there once and only once with, with a girlfriend when I was in my like, like 25, 26. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, let's go to White Castle. I love White Castle. I used to go there as a kid all the time. I went in and I was like, this is terrible. Right. It's, just, it's, it's well, like for, it's, to like get a regular hamburger. It's like for people that love model planes and burgers. <laughs> it's like I don't have the <laughs> fucking patience to even – like put condiments on this shit fuck you yeah. fuck your whole like setup and i I want out this is this is like food for uh the like for for like the smallest people on the earth or some shit um but I yeah like hold their burgers and then go look this is a regular burger that's how big <laughs> <I am." Right>. ah. <laughs> um now we also have another game we play here a little game called guess the race yes yeah. get that theme music going the race that's right it's guess the race time that's right it's time for some guess the race guess the race time that's right it's time for guess the race the number one game show sweeping all the podcast land where we play or read different articles from around the globe and we ask our contestants to guess the race of the people involved Today's contestant is JL Covan from the Righteous Prick Podcast. JL, are you ready to play some Guess the Race? Yes, and this time I'm going to guess to to be right, not to be funny. Last time I went for humor and I went like 0 for 12. (laughs) This time I'm going to actually go for factual accuracy. And the chat room will play along. And the only thing we have to warn people is that the chat room is indeed racist. Yes, they are. Very racist. Um, Let's start with... uh, Start with this guy. This man from San Antonio. Oh, Texas? Yeah. Where, uh, is there another San Antonio? I don't I know, don't though. Know. I don't know. <laughs> San Antonio, Florida. Son of a bitch. Not, Shit. Uh-oh. Well, you never know. It's, it's another Charlotte, Charlotte, Virginia. So, hey, you never know. Um. Well, San Antonio, Uh, he's 42 years old. And uh, he got to an altercation with a woman uh, that uh, apparently... Uh, he had been dating. Oh, snap. Mm-hmm. And things got a little domestic. Let me see if I can. <laughs> a little domestic. A little domestic-y. Let's see if I can play this article, if I got to read it. Uh, I not like I want to play. All right, I'll read it. A 42-year-old man beat a 27-year-old woman robbing the cradle, you know, doing pretty good for himself, wow. I guess. Um, With a clothes iron. After she gave him a ride, an arrest warrant affidavit stated. Wow. Man, no good deed goes unpunished. (laughs) Colin Ryan was charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon in the September 22nd incident that happened at a Super 8 motel. Where else? Uh, What was it called? Street Church's Chicken? (laughs) Right. It's like this or like Quinta Inn. uh, Like just where crime happens. Yeah. Probably up the street from HBCU. The woman su- suffered severe swelling and cuts and bruises to her face in the beating. At least it wasn't plugged in, right? 
Oh. San Antonio police detectives had to wait several days to interview the victim because she was hospitalized, unable, unable to provide a statement due to her injuries. The woman later told detectives that Ryan had called ask, asking her for a ride to the store. She told police she had driven him there the previous day at the urging of her aunt. The woman told police that after returning from a, an HEB, I don't know if that's a store or what, um, uh, Ryan offered her money for gas and told her to come to his motel room to get it. Soon after they entered the room, the woman said Ryan acted as if he had no idea who she was and then began beating her with his fist and a clothes iron. <gasps> I know. Hey, I got that money I owe you. What? You just broke in. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Ouch! Uh- the woman said she was able to crawl to the door, open it, and scream for help, at which point Ryan suddenly began asking her why she was screaming. Man, this guy didn't know why anything was happening. Yeah, it's a split personality, ain't it? Yeah. Why are you scared? Because you're beating me to death. Oh, shit. What is this iron doing to my hand? Am I folding clothes? Uh, warrant was issued for his arrest in September where he's taken into custody Saturday. Guess the race of Colin Ryan, clothes iron beater. I guess she's going to press charges. Go! All right, guys. Tip your waitresses. Uh, can I? Do I guess? Yeah, it's on you. Uh, I'm going to go white. All right, let's check the chat room, see what they believe. Marshall Mathers on that Walter White. Aww. <laughs> Lunar Roach. <laughs> Son of a bitch. An ancestor that just watched 12 Years a Slave and had a flashback, White. White, Cracker Crazy Ryan, him, himself, and Irene. <laughs> Two first names, Ritz. <laughs> and he beat her like she stole those mini shampoos. <laughs> How dare you open up the fucking bar? You know I'm in a, a, a expensive ass Motel Eight. Um, the correct answer is, is white. white. That's right, yeah. JL got it. I think everybody in the chat room got it right too. Nope, Leonard Brothers missed it. He said it was a lunar roach, aka moon cricket, which is black, which is wrong. Uh oh. That's not good. Crowd, crowd didn't like that answer. Yeah, that was terrible, buddy. You gotta step your game up. All right, let's go to the next racial. To me, I just thought the iron, the the using the iron as a weapon. I don't know why that that just made me immediately think white. Well, everybody knows Iron Man is white inside that suit. It makes <laughs> sense to me. Um, so here's another story, another tragedy that we're gonna laugh at. Uh, city animal control officers had seized the pit bull earlier this month that was involved in a fatal attack on its owner early Friday. But, oh. re- but they returned the dog because they did not feel the dog was a threat to the public. <laughs> Which I guess is true. It only yeah. killed the owner, right? It's just a private threat to one person. After the previous attack, the dog owner who died Friday, 56-year-old Terry Douglas, was adamant in getting the dog back. So after vaccinating it for rabies, we returned the dog after the quarantine period was up, um, said the statement from the Baltimore City Health Department. Animal control officer said the incident in April occurred after food was dropped on the floor. A nephew of Douglas went to pick it up and was bitten. And Douglas was bitten when she tried to intervene. There was no dangerous or vicious dog hearing conducted. According to the policy, such hearings are scheduled only when investigators find certain circumstances, such as a bite history. The animal appears aggressive or the animal is considered a danger to the public. 
officer said they do not have special rules for pit bulls noting that any breed has the potential to bite and they only have special rules for black people that try to walk down the street <laughs> baltimore city uh, animal control supports responsible pet ownership and not laws that single out a specific breed a statement read according to the u.s center for disease nearly 4.5 million americans are bitten by dogs each year dog attacks often result in multiple factor for multiple factors it's not necessarily to breed themselves that are dangerous. This is a tragic situation for Miss Douglas and her family. Guess the race. Oh, wait. Actually, uh, there's more clues here. Let me give you a couple more. Douglas's daughter, Tamathia Davis, <laughs> said other family members <laughs> did consider this a- animal a threat and pleaded with Animal Control not to return Boosie, a four-year-old male <laughs> pit bull that Douglas had raised from a puppy. To get her mother to give up the dog, David said she wouldn't let her one-year-old son visit from their home in Pennsylvania. She also said she asked the landlord to ban the dog. She loved that dog unconditionally, said Davis, who said Friday's incident was actually the third time the dog had attacked her mother. Guess the race of, uh, what was her, Terry Douglas, 56-year-old woman who was uh, bitten three times and killed by this dog. Sister of Buster Douglas, I'm going black. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> the chat room says, blacker than the dog's gums. Oh. Michael Vick's uncle was a woman, so aunt. One who refers to diabetes as the sugar. <laughs> Not the sugar. Blacker than a game of spades and Hennessy. Uh, <laughs> that one chick who tried to set up Marlo, white. The correct answer is, is black. You're on the winning streak. Jail is two for two. And someone in the room guess white. Step your racism game up. Well, they do love dogs. I know where he was going with that. Yeah. It's just <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work out, guys. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. Um, here's another one. Um actually let's go into the bonus round. Let's go to double the points. Double the race. What? There we go. Double the points, double the race, double the points, and the race. That's right, it's time for the bonus round of Guess the Race, where everything is double double the points and double the racism. JL is already two for two. Are you nervous about doubling up the stakes? Not at all. All right, he's ready to go. And the chat room is always ready to go. Uh, we just did an article yesterday about a teacher who got suspended because of Facebook post. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what happened again? Oh, snap. A uh, teacher got suspended because of Facebook posts. Let me play this. This is 51-year-old Akron Firestone High School music teacher, Dr. David Spondike. This is the post that school officials say he put on his Facebook page Sunday evening. It's too offensive to read all of it, but it reads <laughs> in part... I don't mind if you come to my neighborhood from the ghetto to trick-or-treat, but when you urinate on the telephone pole in front of my front yard and a bunch of preschoolers and toddlers, you can take your inward rear end back where it came from. I don't have anything against anyone of color, but inwards stay out. I don't know what he was thinking at the time when he made the post, but again, our job is to investigate it and then... um, you know, issue the punishment accordingly. We've uh, uh, asked him to write a statement on his view, 
you know, of this. He did apologize to the principal this morning. I know that. So A child urinated on the post. And I'm just, I was dumbfounded because he did it in front of everybody. And there were no parents around, no parental supervision at all whatsoever. And when we stopped by his home in Copley, a woman who identified herself as the nanny for Spondike's daughter told us he was not home. He's an amazing teacher with an amazing record. He is one of the best teachers that Akron Public Schools has. And, you know, this is just, you know, kids wanting to go off because they've got some type of vendetta against him. When I seen the post, I wasn't surprised about it at all because during, like, class time, he had, like, the kind of mouth to, like, he would say things that kind of put you in the mind that he was either prejudiced or... Um, pointing fingers at the African-American race. Akron Schools provided Fox 8 with Spondike's personnel file. It reveals that in 2001, he received a written reprimand for spitting on the floor during class because a student had fallen asleep and two months earlier had thrown a chair in anger and cursed at a student. Parents and students were <laughs> Facebook posting, which was eventually removed. I really didn't like what he said, but I, I really don't think he deserves to be here anymore. So I don't like the fact that he has any part in rearing of the children because of his racial, um, his biased racial undertones. Just because we're black don't mean we're from the hood or came from the ghetto. Because I live right around the corner from him. My mom's doing very well for herself, and I don't see myself as ghetto. In Akron, Kevin Freeman, Fox 8 News. I like, I like that they went and got like the black guy to do this story too. It's just like, let's let's make it extra racist. Um, so JL, guess the race of uh this teacher from Akron, who's apparently a great teacher. Well, the like, problem is, <laughs> he's saying like the fact that the only thing that makes me think he's black mm-hmm. is because they didn't like fire him right away for for dropping several n bombs. Mm. So I'm thinking he's more like a Bill Cosby that drops n bombs like an angry black <laughs> man who hates young black people. So I'm going to say I'm going to say black even mm-hmm. though there was a lot there to tell me that he's white. The fact that he hasn't been fired right away, mm-hmm. the fact that it's in LeBron's old hood I'm going with angry, older black man. Okay. All right. Uh, to read the post, it's, I guess if you read it, uh, the way JL's imagining it, it'd be like, I don't mind if you come to my neighborhood. <laughs> if you pull up your pants and you don't piss on my tree. Oh. <laughs> oh, While he's throw instruments at the students in band class. <laughs> I'm going to throw a trumpet at your ass because it's hanging out of your jeans. Pull up your pants. Oh. He started doing that like, Come dance. on, woodwind section. He started doing that dance on the, on the porch. <laughs> oh, man. Da, 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 da. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah, uh, so the let me check the chat room and see what they believe the correct answer is. Um Scroll up a little bit. <clears throat> Whiter than Bobby Knight's hair. Oh Whiter than a party hosted by Richie Incognito and Raleigh Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> One who is still mad at LeBron leaving uh, Comic Sans. Mm-hmm. Tea Party member that doesn't see race. Ricky Booby. 
uh white spun dyke is mad he should have dressed as the telephone pole mr garrison big gay owl oh yeah I, yeah also like it's funny to me because how many dogs do you think have pissed on that telephone pole he had no issue tons mr holland's oppressor <laughs> oh. <laughs> whiter than the cast of saturday night live uh, ah. the white guy who thinks halloween is just another entitlement program for coloreds oh <laughs> Correct. That's the terrible. correct answer is yeah. black. Nah, I'm just kidding. It's white. Ah, I did. <laughs> yeah, he, it was white, dude. Yeah. Wait, who for JL? Who for JL? And yay for all the people that guess white. And the clue here was obvious. He has a nanny. That should have been it right there. The nanny answered the door and was like, he's a great teacher. He's, he's been teaching those coloreds as hard as he can. Not since Joe Clark has anyone dedicated such tenderness to the coloreds. That's just my, uh, and this place can go to hell. <laughs> I think it's just my, I couldn't, I just couldn't believe that he wasn't automatically dropped. Like that mm. was the only thing that made me think it was a trick because I was like, well, how is there a debate <laughs> whether this guy should be teaching? That's like, what threw me off. I think to the teachers meeting being like, for discipline being like, well, they are niggers. I mean, <laughs> Chris Rock had a whole bit. I mean, he didn't have any problem with black people. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I like that you think it was a Bill Cosby black man. I'm, I'm now looking for music from the Bill Cosby show. Having that damn sweat on with 14 colors. <laughs> you put your tiny nigger dick up and get off my porch. Um, all right, last one. <laughs> See if we can get JL back in the game. Uh, he's obviously, uh, struggled with this one. Um, just, uh, he, he had, you know, two right, got one wrong. Let's see if we can get this one, get this one right. This mugshot of Lynn Mayfield taken moments after her arrest. The 74-year-old is in jail, accused of obtaining stolen credit cards and bank information via the Internet to illegally purchase hundreds of thousands of dollars in merchandise. Investigators say she would then ship the items to locations in at least four other countries, including Nigeria. Canada, Ghana, and India, where they would then be resold. Just the volume of transactions she was moving and things like that, I mean, it wouldn't be obvious to anybody that you weren't doing anything legal. Mayfield Heights police say it was a tip they received on their Facebook page two weeks ago that led to the elderly woman's arrest. The tipster claiming her husband's bank account had been used to purchase several items, which were then shipped to Mayfield's Mallard Drive apartment. The building's maintenance supervisor says police raided her apartment last Friday, confiscating boxes of evidence, including golf clubs and clothing. He says in the past year and a half that she's lived here, he would see packages delivered to her home every day. Did that send up a red flag for you, and why? Um, it's really not my business. I mean, it's not, it's, I, it's not hurting anybody here where I work, you know, so uh, you kind of wonder. Very, very nice lady, very pleasant, always nice to me, joke around with her a lot, you know, kid with her. But police believe Mayfield may have been carrying out the operation for three years, and they are still investigating whether she may have been targeted in an online chat room, perhaps used as a middleman to help participate in the fraudulent scheme. She went into those rooms and got connected with the right people to start this process. 
Mayfield is expected to be charged sometime this week. She's facing multiple counts of theft, bank and credit card fraud, and for receiving stolen property. And since this alleged scam crossed state and international lines, the FBI... Uh, that news report ended quickly. Um, well, guess the race jail of uh, Miss, uh, what was her name, Mayfield? Lynn, Lynn, Lynn Mayfield, Mayfield, 74. Of, she uh, age? of Mayfield Heights, Ohio. I wonder if her family uh, named the place. I'm going with Curtis's sister, Black. <laughs> yeah, uh, she was a pusher man in this case. I'm your middle man. <laughs> um, let's see here. One who sends out emails asking people to help her transfer millions of dollars from an offshore account. What oh. race is that? Now, if you would have said in all caps, I know you're talking about black yeah. and African, but I don't know what you mean. Yeah, you got to be buddies. screaming at me. One who has a bone through her nose. Okay. Oh. Ouch. Took it back to Tarzan on me. Uh, <laughs> one who thought she was helping a Nigerian prince. <laughs> but that, but that does What race is she though? Oh, white. Okay, there you go. Ma Barker, white. She was so pleasant. If she was black, she would have been a criminal. Oh. Um, one whose hair is K. Michelle red. Not Curtis, Michelle. A- Curtis's African cousin, Aunt <laughs> Aunt B discovers the internet white and Nigerian. The correct answer is. This is for double the points, double the race. The correct answer was white. And the people that got it right. You really can't win guess the race, you know, because like if you're right, you're racist. And if you're wrong, you know, you lose. So look at it that way, JL. You're not as racist as you thought as you intended to be. (laughs) <laughs> you tried your best you took it serious and you just even at your most serious you're only half a racist um teenager we had to talk about this before we get out of here a teenager was murdered with a sword in an old street car park Uh-oh. danny jones was fatally injured after getting involved in a fist fight with richard reese Mr. Robert Price, prosecutor, said our case is that Richard Reese deliberately and forcefully stabbed Danny Jones with a knife, a larger weapon with a 30 centimeter blade. The fight happened outside of Reese's home at the time in Lord Street, Old Street. Birmingham Crown Court was told on the first day of the trial. Mr. Price said the pair who knew each other quite well became involved in an argument April 24th, which ended up in the nearby Oak Street Park. This sounds like the Richies and the Greasers. And shit. Meet ah. me in the park. <laughs> Jimmy's got a heater. Run. Uh, that's slang for gun. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I read the outsiders. I said that's white slang for gun because I'm like, huh? Yeah, you got to read the outsiders. Um, the court heard both men were punching, kicking, and grappling with each other. They were exchanging blows, but that quite that changed quite dramatically in an extremely dangerous fashion when Richard Reese made the decision to arm himself with an item variously described by witnesses as a short ornamental sword or a long knife. Oh, it's either short or long. No such thing as 
an ornamental sword oh no they all cut i really wish people would take that out of these articles because they keep putting it in like it was just a display sword yeah he displayed it through somebody's fucking intestines ah. it's no longer display sword at that point it works very well yeah it's like shooting someone with a display pistol like it's not there's no longer display pistol ah. you just shot me with a regular gun motherfucker uh he turned to the car park with it like i can see if the sword was like like you know how like a gun could be like a musket like if mm-hmm. it was like a musket of swords i would understand the distinction of it's just an ornamental sword because like a, a musket is like an ornamental gun like mm-hmm. no one's supposed to keep using that shit you can still die if you get hit with it yeah there's no fucking difference between an ornamental sword and the sword that kills people it's like they're still kind of sharp I'm like unless they're and, gonna and my blood still yeah. bleeds no matter which one you hit me with right um he returned to the car park with it the two men came close to each other and at that stage our case is that this defendant quite deliberately stabbed him in the stomach the fatal wound penetrated his stomach to a depth of 20 centimeters it damaged two major veins inside of his body that wound caused massive blood loss which he ultimately died from later that night mr jones who was 21 and lived in church died in the hospital later that night while undergoing emergency surgery reese was arrested after turning himself in early to uh following morning the 19 year old denies the murder the case continues so sad man someone lost their life because someone had to bring a sword to a fist fight like a coward <laughs> these sword uh, owners got to get out the streets man look if you got if you love yourself is guns. you know you see the somebody coming with a sword don't be brave you just run the other way Sit the it. only thing that can stop a bad guy with a sword is a good, good guy, guy with, with a sword. sword. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true. Um, and in my mind, they all crazy. Speaking of good guys, man, y'all make sure y'all uh, support my man J.L. Covan. Please do, y'all. Yeah. Go on Indiegogo. Look up Comedy Academy. Uh, we'll have links to it in the show. We will. I'll put a. I'll put the YouTube video in the show notes so you guys can check that out on the website, mm-hmm. theblackoutist.com. And, uh, yeah, man, go give him a couple dollars, man. Go, you know, I, I bought his, uh, latest CD, Too Big to Fail. Yes. I thought it was, um, oh, wait, no, Keep My Enemies Closer. Keep My Enemies Closer. Yeah, um, I've heard both, but, um, I thought it was great. Um, so we actually played a track here. Yes. Uh, when we were illustrating our point about the black bouncer shit, because yes. that happens to me before, and I had never heard a CD, like, track that could explain it. it was like i was being like man i hate when i'm standing by the door and i'm off wait a minute i know something that describes this perfectly <laughs> i don't even have to explain this point let's play this for three minutes and move on um so yeah man the whole album is dope man it so is. make sure you guys check that out too um, at, the, at the third you know like i said there's the different donation levels but at the 30 dollar level you get all four of my albums plus you're listed in the credits of the video and these will almost definitely go viral just because of it's going to be bigger than the CK video, and the CK video went viral. So, you make, know. make sure you guys do it, man. Yes. Uh, get your name out there. Um, what if they want? What if they have like a podcast and they want to get credit? Could they like donate thirty dollars and then have you put your their show in the title or something? Or, or is um, it names only? Technically, that's like at a higher level mm, okay. of giving. You get all, you know, like at a higher level, you can get like signed copies of the CDs and some other stuff. And like, I, I'll, you know, I'll name a podcast episode like sponsored by you or I'll put okay. you, you know, it's varying levels, obviously, of, of, of giving. 
all right well check out the page see which levels uh you know attend uh, uh can you can attain and uh see if you can get your name out there man mm-hmm. and like i said if nothing else man just support good people doing good work man Ain't that the truth so, yeah make sure you guys do that uh we'll be back tomorrow at five our guest will be uh brandy uh who's been on the show before we talked about uh the show the tv show girls, girls. and uh that episode got insane um <laughs> but uh we had to bring her back and give her a chance to do it all over again uh and maybe she'll get be able to get a word in edgewise oh yeah um and then uh we also got justin who's uh coming on the show uh everybody loves justin and um yeah, it's been justin a while since he's been love, on hate. a regular show yeah. so uh all, people can learn to love and hate him all over again um yes. we'll be back tomorrow at five that'll be at five uh until then i love you i love you too baby Mwah. <laughs>